Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Welcome to the Mini Break, your daily podcast for the biggest storylines, results, and controversies from the tennis world. Today is Saturday, February 8th. We are live here at the XS Tennis Village in Chicago for the 2020 Division I Women's National Indoor Championships. And we had a blast on day one, four matches on our broadcast courts, four on our other play site live streams as well been so fun just to be on the grounds talking to these coaches seeing these players early in the year how hungry they are how great all of these teams look in the early going and that's what I want to talk about predominantly today recap the matches I saw most closely there's eight matches throughout the day unfortunately I really only got to watch four uh, in depth there were four other ones I'll mention those scores as well I want to preview what we're going to be seeing today on day two and then there are some ATP WTA results to talk about as well so I'll recap those at the end but the place I want to start. I'm just going to go in order with the matches I saw, and the first one on our broadcast court was the number two seed, uh, UNC, the defending finalists here last year. They lost 4-3 to uh, a Stanford team, or a Stanford team, excuse me, a Georgia team. Uh, That's the number three seeds here this weekend. You talk about what UNC has done at the National Indoors over the past 10 years, seven finals appearances. They've won the event three times, made the finals four, and most impressively, they've made the finals at this event the last five years, so they are one of the obvious contenders. And their lineup features three top 10 players in the top three singles positions in Alexa Graham, Sarah Davitella, uh, and I believe Cameron Mora as well at number three. Um, and y- y- the the crazy part about that is they have a former number one player in the country in McKenna Jones playing five singles. I mean, that speaks to their depth. That speaks to the quality of their team. Two of their doubles teams ranked inside the uh, ITA top 30. And, you know, the, the talent, the depth they have really shown through. Now, I am on our court one action, so I get to see number one doubles, number one singles, and both of those matches were sensational. Sarah Davitella, Alexa Graham, the number six team in the country, taking on Teresa Kalarova, uh, Ilza Hatting, and Davitella and Graham, I mean, just the talent they have from the baseline moving forward, being aggressive. You can tell the Tar Heels spend plenty of time indoors. I think Arizona State had to take a second to adjust to that at the beginning of the match. Uh, but the Tar Heels looked great. They get wins at the bottom of their lineup. McKenna Jones and Allie Sanford, the number 29 team in the country, playing two. And what's crazy about that is that is almost justified because of how good Davitella and Graham were. They won 6-2. Cameron Morey, Elizabeth Scotty, uh, the other two singles players in the Tar Heels lineup, 6-0 winners at three. So they put a quick doubles point on the board. And from then, you know, the depth they have, the talent. Uh, Arizona State fought in a lot of places, and they did get a win on the board from one of their seniors, Savannah Slaysman, knocking off number 36, Ali Sanford. That's number 36, uh, ranked in the country at the sixth singles position for the Tar Heels. Uh, Slaysman, a 6-2, 6-3 winner. Uh, but for the Tar Heels, they, I believe they took four first sets, uh, and from then on, it was just a race to see who finished. Elizabeth Scotty, McKenna Jones, the first two off the court, 0-1 for Scotty at four. 0-2 for Jones at 5. Sarah Davitella 
getting, I believe, her 119th career win in singles in this match. She takes a 6-4, 6-1 decision over Sammy Hampton in the match that didn't finish for Arizona State. They were near the finish line. I think they actually got over the finish line there, uh, and it's not listed. Or they were awfully close, excuse me, in that Cameron Moore match. She was down 6-2, 5-2 at, uh, at three singles. Uh, to uh, Teresa Kalarova, the Arizona State player. So they were close to getting that second point on the board. Alexa Graham, Ilza Hotting, a fantastic first set. Graham uh, down 3-0 to start the match. She began to work her way in. Huge forehand. Uh, big ground shirts. Hotting just so solid. A great grind. Uh, it was a really fun match. Graham ended up coming all the way back. She was trailed 4-1 in that first set tiebreaker. She took the first set 7-6 and when the Tar Heels got that fourth the first set on the board, you could tell uh, the deficit for Arizona State was going to be just a little bit, bit too big to overcome. So a great win for the Tar Heels. I will talk about them throughout the weekend because the depth on this team is just ridiculous. McKenna Jones not ranked, but she was a top, you know, the number one singles player for this team last year, number one in the country at times. Uh, her and Katarina Jokic alternating, Jokic holding it for a lot of the year. Uh, but, I mean, the depth on this lineup is just crazy. Allie Sanford at six, even though she took the loss. I mean, we all know what she's been capable of over her couple, first. Uh, I think, no, she's a senior now, if I, be, uh, I believe. Um, Allie Sanford. Is she a senior or a sophomore? It's definitely one of the S's, but the depth on this team is crazy. And they've made the past five uh, finals here at the Indoors for a reason. I don't think there's any reason they are going to slow down this year. Uh, so that, it was a great result for the Tar Heels on the board. Really impressive start to our national indoor tournament. I'm going to talk about the broadcast matches first, and then I'll get to the other results from our other court. The next match I saw was Georgia taking on UVA for these Bulldogs. Uh, they're the defending indoor champions, 28-2 and last year. They lost in the finals to Stanford, or semifinals, I believe, to Stanford. Perhaps it was the finals. Um, but they, they bring back almost everyone. They lost two starters from their roster, but I mentioned her, the number one player in the country for nine of 12 weeks last year, Katarina Jokic, still anchoring the top of the lineup. Players like Marta Gonzalez and Meg Kowalski uh, uh, back in their lineups as well. And then they bring in a really talented freshman, the number 18 player in the country right now, Leah Ma, to fill in that number two singles position. But UVA came out hot. They jumped on them in the doubles point six one wins from Natasha Subash, the incredibly talented freshman who lines up at one singles for UVA, but two doubles here. Uh, her and Sophia Munara, 6-1 winners at the number two position. Uh, Rosie Johansson, Vivian Glasman, 6-2 winners at three. And Georgia came out flat in doubles. I know they are not a team that plays indoors, but they were the winners here last year, so I don't think there's any excuse for them there, but just a flat performance, or maybe UVA came out hot. I mean, I didn't get to see much of two and three. I was on court one that match, back and forth, unfinished. All of these players, the talented freshman for Georgia, who plays with Jokic and Hurtel. It was a really fun match, and so high level of play at one, but George, or UVA too good at the bottom of the line of and if UVA was going to pull off the upset, they needed that doubles point. And it was a tense first hour of singles, so important for Georgia to build a lead for themselves. You look at how many first sets they ended up getting. Uh, I believe they took five of the first sets, and that was so big for them. Katarina Jokic, Liam Ma, Marta Gonzalez, Anna Hertel with a 7-6 uh, first set at the end, and Meg Kowalski with that 6-0 uh, first set. You know, when you get five, even when you're down a doubles point, that's such a large deficit for UVA to come back from. And they almost did. There's a point where Katarina Jokic was serving 5-4 in the second set for the match. I believe uh, it was maybe... 
Marta Gonzalez, who is up in her second. Oh, no, it was, excuse me, Leah Ma, who is getting close to serving for it, or in that second set breaker she played. So there was a time, you know, they were about two minutes from ending the match, and UVA fought. Natasa Subash gets the late break to stay in the set, then holds, then breaks again to extend that match to a third. She's just so solid from both wings. To, it made every extra ball, made Jokic really earn it. Now Katarina Jokic so talented, and we could see why she ended up just hitting through Subash, wearing her down. Uh, but a really good performance from the freshman. Jokic taking that match 6-1 in the third. Ultimately, the clinch coming from the number 90th ranked player in the country, Marta Gonzalez, 6-4 in the third over number 78, Amber Odell. It was a really fun match. Georgia, really solid. They gr- they grinded it out. I don't think they were ever in real doubt in this one. It never felt like there was a moment where UVA had a chance to capture the momentum, really take control of the match. Georgia just came out so hot in singles, and that's a credit to them. But it was a really good performance from the Cavaliers, and it's indicative of this Georgia team. There are two starters down. There are returns, but they still have to figure out their doubles pairings. They still have to figure out exactly what they want to do. Uh, or, you know, they have to get these freshmen acclimated to the college tennis season. So, interesting result for the Bulldogs, but ultimately a good win, and they advance now to the quarterfinals. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. The next match I saw and... People may accuse me of being biased. They obviously know my background. I attended the University of Michigan, but that was our match of the day. Michigan giving number one seed Stanford everything they could handle and more. Uh, Stanford ultimately taking the match 4-3. Stanford sort of raced out. It was a break. They got an early break, uh, exchange of breaks, and then got that second break at three doubles and held in control from their first 6-4 win. But two other really good matches. Stanford was up a break at two doubles. The team of Crassione and Jones from Michigan coming all the way back, working to get that match on serve 6-5 there. Uh, Stanford and Michigan, an early exchange of breaks as well, and then holds of serves for the one doubles position. Lomer and Perrion for Michigan ended up, It was they were down 5-6, but up 40-love. And then just a couple of errors gave Arbert Knott and Angelica Blake the win for Stanford. All of a sudden, uh, that number one doubles team who had really been in control of that one doubles match, Blake the freshman, you could tell she was the one at the baseline, all three of the other players on the court attacking the net. And I really did think that Michigan was going to... It felt like we deserved a tiebreaker in that doubles point, and I thought they were going to hold when they went up 40-love. It's a testament to Stanford, who found themselves in deficits throughout this match and showed that champions resolve. There's a reason they're the defending NCAA champions. They fight back, take that doubles point, 7-5 decision at 1. And that 1-0 lead ended up proving crucial because Michigan came out hot in singles. Such an incredible performance from the Wolverines there. Michigan taking four first sets. Uh, to, you know, And that's what they needed to do after you go down 1-0. They get first sets at one singles, at four singles, at five singles, and at six singles. And the momentum did flip. It did feel for a moment like Michigan might actually pull off the upset. First match off the court, Julia Perrone uh, for Michigan. 0-1 over Michelle Gordon of Stanford, the number six player in the country. And it's indoors. You could tell that was a benefit for Perone, who plays big, big serves, big forehands, big backhands. She wants to move forward. She's not afraid to hit swinging volleys. 
but she just took it to Michelle Gordon, who never looked comfortable out there. That got Michigan tied at one quickly. Angelica Blake, Emily Arbert, not the next two matches off the court for Stanford, but the fact that they got those two points on the board, they got to three. At that point, it wasn't clear where they were going to get the fourth point from, and it always felt like it was going to come down to six after Emma Higuchi uh, won that second set after dropping the first uh, to Annika Crescione, uh six forward, Higuchi taking that second 6-2. But Michigan got the next two points on the board pretty quickly to square this match at three. Olivia Jones, Shira Lomer, uh, straight set winners down low for the Wolverines, taking advantage of the fact that Stanford is working in new starters at the bottom of their lineup. Uh, and then it was 3-all, and it was a battle. And to Michigan's credit, uh, to Anna Cresion's credit, she went up for two a break. Uh, you know, she was in control of the match. Momentum was on her side. You could feel the tension in the building, but... Emma Higuchi showing her experience in this moment, just rock solid, did not make an error. Annika was the one for Michigan who wanted to move forward, who came to the net, but, you know, you could see, you could feel the tightness because she would get up there. She may even rush it or force herself after a not great approach shot, and Higuchi took advantage of it. Such a great win for Stanford, 6-4, I believe it's her eighth time she's clinched a match in her career. Uh, Number one seed Stanford survives, they move on, but what a battle. What a really fun match. You can tell the respect for both of these teams between these coaches, Coach Bernstein, Coach Farood. This is the sort of thing you hope to get when you come to an event like this, and can't emphasize enough how great the XS Tennis Village has looked throughout. 12 straight courts is the only place in the world with that many courts in a row. I think it's third largest tennis facility in the country. Just spectacular. So if you're in the area, you definitely want to come check it out. And a lot of people did come check out our nightcap last night as the hometown team, Illinois, took on our number four seed, UCLA. And I mentioned how great UNC looked. Uh, UCLA was UCLA and UNC were the two teams that stood out to me. UCLA, uh, they lose NCAA doubles champions, Gabby Andrews, Arian Broomfield, who we had the chance to talk to last year on our Cracked Interviews podcast. But they replaced them with in my opinion, the best doubles team I saw yesterday. Alicia Bolden, the number one singles player, top ten in the country, uh, top twenty in the country. Jada Hart, number three singles player, but top twenty in the country as well. They raced out to a six-one win over the Illinois team of Duong and Frazier, and the big hitting, the moving it forward, serving and volleying—it's uh, just all so impressive. So. Really well done for the Bruins, and then they got the other win at the number two doubles. Freshman Abby Forbes, number five singles player in the country, and Annette Gulak, a 6-3 winners there. So, you know, Illinois always was going to need that doubles point, and once they didn't get it, that definitely hurt the hometown crowd's feel. You look at where they were at in the singles portion, UCLA taking five of six first sets. Uh, they get wins from Abby Forbes, 6-2-6-0. Jada Hart, 2-2 two and two, uh, to go up a quick 3-0. Alicia Bolton, a quick 6-2 first set winner. Her forehand, her serve, phenomenal. I mean, all of these Bruins, so talented. I know Forbes is the highest ranked, but you can understand why Bolton's the one playing one singles. Uh, just her game so big. But Sasha Vagramov at six singles was the one who got the job done first as a Sukakua. Really did an excellent job for Illinois fighting at one. But Vagramov, 6-1, 6-3 over Duong, sealed that match. And I'm telling you, man, the, ta- the talent, the depth of this UCLA team, all of them. I mean, the top three for UCLA hit the ball so big. It's the same thing for UNC as well. Just That would be six outstanding singles matches. And no disrespect to Georgia, to all of these teams who won today. They all are incredible teams, top 20 in the country. But 
those two teams in particular, you just watch their top threes and you say, these are three professional tennis players. They are just hitting the ball different than everyone else here. And there's a couple of those people in each the USCLA and the UNC lineups. And I'm not saying there's not on other teams. The player I probably was most impressed with, I mean, Alicia Bolton was great, but I watched, watched Katarina Jokic in person for the first time, and you're just like, oh, my God, like, I see it. That's why she was number one. For someone with her frame to hit the ball that big, just incredible. That being said, a lot of these players for UCLA and UNC also pro talent. So those, to me, were the two most impressive teams I saw on our stadium courts today. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. But there was a lot of action I didn't get to see as it's 12 courts in a row, and there were four other round of 16 matches going on there. To recap real quickly what we saw from start to finish, NC State 4-0 over Princeton. They take a tight double set after they split the number one in three positions, the number one team in the country for NC State. Anna Rogers, Alana Smith, uh, 6-3 winners for Princeton. They got the win down low from Howard and McKee. And it came down to two doubles where the number 14 team in the country Adriana Riami, Jada Daniel, 7-5 over the uh, Princeton team. And for NC State, if they're going to pull off the upset today over North Carolina, they need that doubles point. NC State strong at the top of their lineup. Three players inside the top 50, Alana Smith, Anna Rogers, Adriana Riami. But, I mean, the depth for North Carolina. They're strong on the top three, too, but they have that depth as well. So for NC State, I think it all starts with that doubles point, and it helps to have two top 15 teams for sure, as UNC also has two top 30. But for NC State, they get the wins from Alana Smith at one, who knocks off the number 34 player in the country, Brianna Schvetz, 7-6-6-3. They get a win at three singles from number 38, Adriana Remy, 7-5-6-0 over number 71, Zoe Howard. And then from the bottom of their lineup, Jada Daniels, 6 4 6 2 over Stephanie Schrag uh, for NC State. They were up at 6 5 3, about to serve for the match. Princeton, to their credit, uh, up 6 3 5 6 at four singles, up 6 2 5 6 at two singles. Uh, so it, it should be a really fun match. This Princeton team, very, very good. But I, 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 or sorry, this Princeton team, excuse me, they put up a great fight. This NC State team has got the depth. This ACC is loaded this year. I mean, you talk about it, UNC, Duke, NC State, all in our Elite Eight now, uh, Elite Eight quarterfinals. It's really good conference. So, um, you know, NC State, UNC, looking forward to that match at noon today. Duke, I just mentioned, they pull off the upset of number 16, Pepperdine, 4-1, uh, after splitting the number one and three doubles positions, Pep, uh, Duke gets a 6-4 win at the number two singles, uh, two doubles, excuse me, position. This shows you where my head's at. It's been a lot of tennis, and it's been a blast. Uh, for Pepperdine, they fought hard. They took four first sets, did what they had to do to flip the momentum. They get first sets from Ashley Leahy at one, Jessica Faila at two, um, Astrid Olsen at four, and then Lisa Zarr at five, but 
do kept fighting. They've got a ton of depth this year. That Chloe Beck, the number 17 player in the country, plays five, and it's justifiable, speaks to the talent on this team. You know, For them, they have a number 10 player in the country, Kelly Chen, at one, and in squaring off against the number one player, Ashley Leahy, you know, Chen, after losing that first set, takes the next set 6-3. She's up 5-3. That match doesn't finish, but, you know, she's in position at number six singles. That match doesn't finish. Duke up 7-6, 5-2 there. But it's a credit to the middle of their lineup. Everyone fought back in their second sets. Duke getting a straight set win at three from Margarita Bilokin, who knocks uh, in an upset the number 36 player Anastasia Lamachkin for Pepperdine, 6-3, 6-4. And then it's four and five. Uh, Mebel Chi, uh, four six six two six one over Astrid Olsen of Pepperdine, and then Chloe Beck, one six six two six four over Lisa Sar. What I notice in this is that's a lot of physical matches for this Duke team, and now they're going to play a Georgia team that they it was a four two match it was physical, but some of those results straight sets. So this should be a really fun one. Uh, both of those teams battling to get to the semifinals, obviously. So you have a chance to play. Um, UNC to see a UNC Duke match in person that would be a blast for me given that rivalry but great win for the Blue Devils and somewhere Primser Epipat is out there smiling uh, for our other last two matches of the night session Georgia Tech 4-1 over Ohio State Georgia Tech taking the doubles point they get 6-4 win from their number 37 team in the country at 1 a 6-3 win from Gia Cohen and Naomi Atsuka at 3 uh, for the Buckeyes, they did take a 6-2 win at two doubles, but for them to drop that doubles point indoors, uh, certainly unexpected. Although they had done it before. They did it against Duke, after, and then they came back to win four singles matches. But they And they almost did that again today, extending a couple of matches to three sets. Uh, Ohio State did get a win on the board fairly early at the number four singles positions. Coley Allen knocking out Atsuka 7-5, 6-2. Uh, but Georgia Tech got a quick win at one singles as well. Kenya Jones knocking off Shiori Fukuda in an upset win for her by ranking 6-1-6-4. And then it was 2-1 for a while. A bunch of these matches extended the number uh, six singles uh, for Georgia Tech after dropping the first set. 6-2 comes back to win the match 2-6-6-3-6-1. And that made it 3-1. And then, you know, Ohio State, again, to their credit, I believe they ended up taking uh, four First sets, yeah, at the five singles, six singles, three singles, and four singles positions. Uh, so they did have a chance, but Georgia Tech kept fighting. And it comes down to that doubles point. When you have a 1-0 lead like that, you can afford to drop some first sets as long as you get one three-set match to go your way. And they got a couple of them to go their way. I mentioned that six singles match. They also uh, were staying alive at three singles after they take the second set 6-4. But ultimately, with someone in straight sets, Vic- Victoria Flores, the number 49 player in the country, knocking off Danielle Wolf in a second set breaker, 6-3-7-6. So will be fun to watch Georgia Tech take on our number one seed, Stanford, later tonight. And then Florida State and Arn Nightcap, 4-3 over Texas. Uh, they take a d- the doubles point after dropping one doubles. The Texas Tarati sisters, 6-2 over the number 15 uh, team in the country. But then Florida State back-to-back, 7-5, seven, 7-5 five, seven, five wins at 2-3. and three. The Taratis, again, get wins at the top of the line of four Texas, 3-1, and 1-1 one, one and one for Florida State. Straight set wins at the bottom of the lineup, 3-1, and 4-4. Four four. And this came down to the middle of the lineup. Not for Texas, they got a win, 7-6, six, 6-0. Six, oh. That was a tight first set, I think the one of the last ones to end. And it came down to the number three singles position where uh, uh, Nadini Das for Florida State took a 7-6 uh, competitive first set, but then Nagy for Texas fights all the way back, 6-3 in the second. 
Das taking that third set in a uh, 6-4 uh, in what was, again, a fantastic match. And for Florida State, I, they were out late, but a lot of these matches went straight sets. So it, it's I, you do think they have some momentum, but they're running up against a UCLA team that's really, 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 really good. So that I, I do still lean towards UCLA, but a great result for Florida State. I said three. Excuse me. There are four ACC teams in these quarterfinals, half of the quarterfinals. Consistent uh, uh, consisted of ACC teams: Florida State, UNC, NC State, Duke. That doesn't speak to the the power, the pristine of that ACC women's tennis conference. I don't know what other stat will. Uh, so that leads leads us to our quarterfinal matches today. And to start off our day, we've got two consolation matches going on. Uh, I believe Arizona State, Princeton, Virginia versus Pepperdine kick us off, uh, and then to end our day, Michigan, Ohio State. And Illinois versus Texas. Uh, those are all going to be really good matches for our main draw matches. I can sort of mention it. And uh, North Carolina, North Carolina State. So Battle of the Tar Heel State. Uh, Georgia versus Duke. Stanford, Georgia Tech. UCLA, Florida State. If you're asking me to make picks, I'm probably going to stick with the top four seeds today. They did look, you know, I didn't get to see many of those backcourt teams, but you look at the results. Georgia did all, uh, all of these top seeds, did the things they needed to do outside of, you know, maybe... Georgia and Stanford, who didn't get uh, what they wanted out of the bottom of their lineups or for Georgia in doubles, but I'm probably going with the top four seeds to advance. I know there's always an upset, and we had plenty of upsets on our day one, but I think today things stabilize a little. Oh, but it's going to be a really fun day, so be sure to tune in. We'll be on the broadcast all day, 9 a.m., 9 to 9 p.m. Central Time. Uh, our main draw matches for those of you who want to follow our quarterfinals. We only get two of them on our broadcast courts, but North Carolina and NC State going to be with us at 12 p.m. Stanford, Georgia Tech at 3.30 p.m. Central Time. So that's it on the college front. Real quickly, go through what we saw on the pro circuit. Kudla, Cope for Amelia Gomez, Rodionov, our four winners in Dallas. Kudla, four and six over Francis Tiafo. Cope for five, seven, six, three, six, two over the number eight seed, Mackie McDonald. Gomez, the former USC national champion. Six and six over uh, Ohio State, former Ohio State All American J.J. Wolf. And then Rodionov continuing his momentum four and four over Jao Menez. That's going to lead to a really fun semifinal group of matches. Kudla taking on Gomez. Uh, Kopfer versus Rodionov. If you're asking me which way I'm leaning, I mean, Gomez has been pushed, man, three sets in his first two matches, seven six, seven six yesterday. Probably leaning slightly. Uh, towards Kudla, but, you know, for Dennis Kudla, it's not like he's had it easy either. You play Mitchell Kruger, you play Tiafo back-to-back, uh, you play Michael Redlick before that, that's that's no fun. So uh, should be a really fun weekend of action there. And then finally, you look at the ATP events in Argentina, our semifinalists uh, today. I believe Diego Schwartzman was the winner at the time. It was Schwartzman advances over Ramos Vanola's Lazo Gir. Over Juan Ignacio Landero, Christian Garner, number three seed over Pablo Cuevas and Andre Martin, three and two over Courtney Mutet over in India this week. You look at where we're at. Benoit Pair, the number one seed, eliminated earlier in the tournament. Uh, but he's still, uh, you know, we still have some great action here. James Duckworth in the semifinals now, uh, taking on Igor Gerasimov. Yuri Vesely going to take on Ricardus Barankis. And then finally in Montpellier, we have our last tournament with the flashiest, if I may say, of the draws. Gael Monfils taking on Philip Krajinovic in our first semifinal. Vashik Pospisil taking 
taking on David Goffin in our last. And then over in Midland, where we have the 100K event, we will be in Kentucky next week for the WTA 100K. So these are the names you should expect to hear. Number 16, Shelby Rogers in straight sets. She's going to play Arena Falcone, a three-set winner over Vic Meyer. Jamie Loeb straight sets over Katherine Harrison. She's going to play Kalanina, who knocked off Katie McNally in three sets. So that's where we're at uh, for this week. And again, we are here at the Access Tennis Village for these national indoors through Monday. So be sure to check out our coverage there. Be sure uh, to check out the ITA website, our friends at Playside as well. Uh, follow these live streams along. It's rare that you get all the 16 of the 16 of the top teams in the country in one location for the college season. So be sure to follow along, and you can follow the immediate updates, match points, set points, the video highlights on our social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. It's all at Cracked Rackets, bud. For our super producers, Daniel Westhoff and Max Fliegner, who we are keeping busy all weekend long, our friends at both Aerobar and Diadem Tennis. Just a reminder to you guys, our promo codes are CRACK30 and CR50 for those two things. And for all of us here at Crack Brackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You know what we say. That's the break, and we will see you all tomorrow. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone.